0: You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and this episode is called The Importance of Self-Compassion. Now I have a new microphone, it's a beautiful Rode microphone and I would love your feedback to know what the sound is like. So please go to my website melaniejwhite.com forward slash contact and let me know if this sounds better than normal or not. (laughs) Now on to today's episode. Now in case you have been living under a rock I want to let you know that we are living in a super critical time, a hyper critical time, a time of high criticism and judgment. And of course, we've all become addicted to the internet with its catastrophizing news headlines, controversial clickbait, and its social forums and soapboxes. So, of course, there are plenty of great things on the internet too. We can research things, learn things, and watch things. But all of those great things are bookended by the extremes. On the one hand, we have beautiful people trying to outdo each other. And then there are the dark corners where the bullies and trolls and critics lurk. As it turns out, even the most resilient amongst us can get sucked into those extreme ends of the internet in just a few clicks. We can end up down the rabbit hole. And then we might start questioning ourselves or doubting ourselves or even judging ourselves. So I want to be clear with you that Yes all of this happens in the real world in real life but on the internet it happens faster more broadly and 24 hours a day and that's why I think now more than ever self-compassion is so important. It's a tool that we can all use and benefit from and it's a powerful antidote to the mental curveballs that we experience in our daily lives. Today I want to walk you through the three elements of self-compassion to discuss why it's important, and to help you work out how self-compassionate you are, and to think about some simple steps that you can use to bolster your resistance. So the question is, if it doesn't feel good, then why do we criticise ourselves? Simply, we humans are a lot like dogs in the way we behave and in our social hierarchy. I'm sure you've met really aggressive dogs that want to be the alpha, and then you've probably also met other dogs that are less confident, and they tend to roll over and expose their belly. We do that too. Self-criticism is a way that we fit in, even if it's on the bottom of the pecking order. So we roll over and show our bellies. We criticize ourselves. It's a submissive safety behavior that helps us to be accepted in social circles, believe it or not. (laughs) And if we are submissive and self-critical, then that might appease the bully or it might garner us some sympathy so that someone will say to us, hey, you're not that bad. You're not as bad as you make out to be. And then we start to feel good. So when we're being self-critical, we're simply saying, I don't want to be rejected or abandoned. That's really what's going on. And we're trying to save ourselves. But as you can hear, this is a pretty unhealthy and uncomfortable way of dealing with both internal and external criticism. There's got to be a better way. And luckily there is. It's a healthier option that makes way more sense, called self-compassion. I know you've heard of this, but let's just recap what self-compassion actually is. Psychologist Kristen Neff has done most of the work into self-compassion. She calls it a powerful tool for emotional resilience. In other words, it's something that helps us to cope with the good and the bad around us. And there are three main parts to self compassion. Firstly, there is being kind to yourself instead of judging yourself. So that's self kindness. Secondly, there's getting a sense of common humanity. I'm not alone. And it's thinking that way instead of withdrawing or taking yourself into isolation. And thirdly, there's mindfulness. So coming back to the present moment instead of catastrophizing and overthinking things. So if you think about it, self-compassion is essentially a process that helps you to stop judging and evaluating yourself altogether so you can get on with life and enjoy it. It's a way to stop labeling yourself and the things that you're doing as good or bad. And it helps you to simply accept things with an open heart. When you're self-compassionate, you're able to show yourself the kindness that you would show to a good friend and to treat yourself with more respect and acknowledgement. I want to explain some of these concepts by exploring why self-compassion is important and especially right now. So why is self-compassion important? As I alluded to earlier, I think at this time, more than any other, we're being constantly bombarded by conflict and catastrophizing and a lot of other things that will trigger an emotional response. We can't help ourselves but get drawn into these things. Think back in the good old days, in my book, that's the 80s, we were exposed to the few people that we saw every day at school or at work, our friends, and the newspaper if we chose to read it, and TV. But now we have the added layer of the 24-7 barrage of the internet and that's instant access to news, to videos and to social interaction with thousands of people at once. Let's take the news headlines as an example. We can get totally sucked in by these intriguing headlines and I googled a few to see what I could find today. And here's what I found. Mum's baby mistake angers. Bell Gibson's sob story in a letter. And then the last one was Trump sparks outrage by quoting Emerson to refer to himself as the king. So immediately you might have a sense of intrigue that ropes you in and then you're going to get enticed into some sort of emotional reaction, into having an opinion at least or into making a judgement and taking sides at the most. Or even better, to comment at the bottom of that story and add your two cents worth. After all, Google ranking, right? (laughs) That's the online newspaper's agenda, readership and reaction. That's the social media agenda and that's the influencer's agenda, to be more liked, to be more commented on, to be more popular, to be more visible and to engage in controversial discussions to get that profile. But how does that leave you feeling when you read those news headlines or look at what the influencers are doing or see certain posts on social media. Do you feel happy and light and resilient? Probably not. And the thing is that there are plenty of positive things out there, but our brains tend to be attracted more to the negative and the media leverages off that. The fact is that more than ever before, more than at any other time we've been alive, we have a buffet of triggers for negative thoughts and feelings for comparison, and for self-judgment, and they're all over the internet. But of course, you don't have to get sucked into any of this stuff. Obviously, managing your exposure is really important. You can choose which media to follow, and how often, and which subjects you'll be interested in, and that's a discipline that's totally worth having. In addition, you can learn the skills of self-compassion for those times that you get drawn into emotionally challenging situations online, Or in the face-to-face environment. You can learn to be more gentle with yourself, more accepting of others and understanding that the only person you can control is yourself. And what a relief is that (laughs) because trying to control other people is hard and onerous and you just only have to worry about yourself. What great news. You can notice that others feel lucky too. They're also struggling with things. You're not alone. There's a common experience and somehow that creates connection between us and it eases the suffering that we feel. And you can dial down catastrophizing and overthinking so that you can be more present, more mindful, more at peace, calmer and more resilient. So to be self-compassionate we must first realize and accept that negative emotions are part of the human experience and to know that we can have authority over those negative emotions. When you notice and accept negative emotions with kindness and with a sense of being open to feeling them and letting them go, you'll experience a lot of benefits. More emotional stability, more rational thinking and better decision-making, more love, better relationships, better coping skills for the day-to-day curveballs that life throws at us. Less stress and anxiety. More resilience. Right now, I want you to imagine how your life would be different if you were more self-compassionate. Imagine how much less drama there would be, how much less second-guessing and insecurity there'd be. And imagine how much more self-confident you'd feel. How other people's stuff would roll off you like water off a duck's back. You just wouldn't be drawn into all that drama that other people create as well. Think about how you'd have more empathy for others, more energy for your loved ones, more joy and a greater sense of satisfaction, meaningful connection and self-love. That's what self-compassion can create. I always love to have a quiz as a starting point for doing any sort of personal development work because it's great to know where you are now and to see which areas can be improved or which areas are already going well. Kristen Neff has a free self-compassion test on her website, and you can take that test, but right now I want to ask you six of the questions from her test so you can get a sense of what she's asking. Here's the first question. How often are you disapproving and judgmental about your flaws and inadequacies? So you'd be rating that on a hardly ever, some of the time or an always kind of scale. The second question is when you're feeling down how often do you approach those feelings with curiosity and openness? Question number three, how often are you intolerant toward your own personality traits that you think are negative, intolerant of yourself, your own shortcomings in your eyes? Question number four, when you fail at something that's important to you, how often do you try and keep things in perspective? Question five, When something painful happens, how often do you blow that incident out of proportion? I've got my hand up for that one. (laughs) I've done that many a time, although I'm getting better at that one. And finally, when you're suffering, how often are you kind to yourself? So that's a selection of some of the questions. I think there's about 24 or 22 or something on her list. And you can hear that some of them are positively worded and some are negatively worded. So in an ideal situation, your scores for those positively worded questions would be higher and your scores for the negatively worded questions would be lower. The online test when you do that goes into a bit more detail and it gives you both an overall rating for self-compassion but it also shows you how you rate in specific areas of self-kindness versus self-judgment, of common humanity versus isolation and of mindfulness versus over-identification. So it's really interesting to do that and see how you are now and of course you can go back and measure it in the future after you've done some work on self-compassion. But let's face it, whether you take the test or not, you probably want to be more self-compassionate and I want to show you three easy ways to do that. The first way is to use loving kindness meditation. Now this is a guided meditation and it's a great way for you to connect to yourself in a loving and kind way. If you did this 10 minutes once or twice a week, it could help you to build a resilience bank that you can draw on when you're feeling low. What I love about this exercise as a regular practice, as a proactive approach to managing your mind, is that it's a really easy way to train your brain and to implant it with more positive messaging as a default position. So what I'm saying is if you listen to a loving-kindness meditation regularly, you're going to start thinking that way. You're going to start hearing that same message over and over again, and you're going to adopt it as one of your own thoughts and beliefs. And it's going to change you as a person and the way you feel and the way you act. So a loving-kindness meditation is a really great resource, and there are some wonderful ones on Kristen Neff's website. The second way that you can build self-compassion that's super easy is journaling or self-coaching. It's an easy way to just get your thoughts and feelings out on paper and when you can see them for what they are on paper, it's easy to stand back from that and to be empathetic. It's easy to stand back objectively and see where you've been exaggerating or catastrophizing. It's easy to notice where your faulty thinking patterns are coming up and to reframe them into more helpful thoughts and beliefs. And the third way to build self-compassion, and there are many others, these are just my favourite three, is to ask yourself some powerful questions. I am a firm believer that the best way to solve any problem is by asking a question. So when the chips are down, you can ask yourself questions like, how can I shift into self-compassion? What might I say to a friend who feels like this? What would that feel like? How would that change things? What I love about questions is that they trigger the logical factual parts of your brain. So they're a really useful way for you to pull away from the emotional heat of the moment and to start thinking more rationally and objectively. I've actually done a podcast on how to solve any problem by asking questions and you may like to go back and listen to that. Questions are a really powerful way to solve the inner critic and I guess in the heat of the moment, it might be hard to think of those questions in a compassionate way. So what I would recommend is that you write down a series of questions around self-compassion in advance so that you can come back and refer to them in that moment when you're feeling stuck and sad or a bit low or a bit judgmental. That way it's got, it's that reference point that you've already crafted in advance and can just simply use. So let's wrap up what we've discussed today. In summary, our modern lives are busy and we're surrounded by catastrophe, judgment and bullying. And these things can affect even the most resilient people. These unfortunate situations can bring out the worst in us, both in our feelings and behaviours. But we can deal with our negative emotions and create better relationships, better connections, emotional balance, resilience, peace and joy in our lives through the use of self-compassion. Remember that the three elements are self-kindness, common humanity, that is, I'm not alone, others feel like this, and thirdly, mindfulness. You can take Dr Neff's online test to measure your own levels of self-compassion, and I recommended three practices that you can use now, easily, in your own time to increase self-compassion, such as a guided loving-kindness meditation, journaling or self-coaching, and powerful questioning. That's it from me for today. And if you would like to study self-compassion with me in March 2020, please go to melaniejwhite.com forward slash habitology to sign up for my monthly membership. There's a 54-page self-coaching guide where we work through exercises on a weekly basis and you learn to coach yourself through self-compassion along with some self-reflections to uncover what's going on for you and how to solve it. In the meantime, I hope you have a fabulous week and I'll see you soon. Bye for now.